Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. I'm Aaron McMahon. Michigan football will try to bounce back from a stunning loss when it visits number 13 Indiana on Saturday. What do the Wolverines need to do to put the Michigan State game behind them? Will we answer that and some Jim Harbaugh talk as well? All that and more on the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. All right, guys, let's get into the predictions right away in this episode. And I'm going to say when Michigan kicks off against Indiana on Saturday, will we know the next president of the United States of America? Uh, <laughs> I, would, I would sure hope so. Like, I'm going to say no, just because like, I, I think you're going to see some challenges with these, some of these state results. So no, I think we'll, we'll probably have an idea, but I don't, I don't think we'll have a final. Yeah. I, I guess I meant, we'll like, you know, major outlets will the AP like declare a winner, I guess is what I, what I mean by then. But we're not going to actually talk politics on this episode. But I guess I could say this. Probably a lot of our listeners have been preoccupied potentially uh, in the last you know, few days with something other than Michigan football and Michigan sports in general. So it might be helpful to kind of recap you know, what, what has happened. You know, what have we learned in the last few days, basically, you know, since, since we last broke down the Michigan State loss on Monday? What has come out of the Michigan football program? Any news to report? Not a ton. We haven't got <laughs> that's that's a good way to put it. You know, whether there are question marks about some injuries, uh, Michigan could be shorthanded at linebacker for all we know, with Michael Barrett and Cameron Grone both coming out going out of the game last week against Michigan State with injuries. Uh, we have got no don't know about Jalen Mayfield. Don't know about Jalen Mayfield. Uh, and after the the game, the offensive line play on Saturday, I would be worried about that, especially if they don't have him. So again, Michigan's gonna theoretically could be shorthanded. Um, which doesn't help their situation going into Indiana. But they all week long, players, coaches, whatever, they all talked about bouncing back. That's obviously the narrative after a loss, especially in a Jim Harbaugh um, team. Uh, you know, and I, I think I've written this this week, and I, I know I've said it, but they Michigan under Jim Harbaugh largely has bounced back. I mean, right, they've only lost back-to-back regular season games once under him. Uh, they okay. tend to play well after after losses. And then we all know about the, the the winning streak going, you know, against Indiana. So, right. you know, obviously, optimism is reigning as it probably should in Schembechler Hall. Uh, we'll see how they come out playing Saturday. Don't forget about Bob Shoup either. Yeah, that's right. We did get the news about yeah. Bob Shoup. Uh, he, yeah, he hasn't been on the sideline the last two weeks. It's unclear how long he has not been with the team, but we are told that he remains on the staff still. I think the, the statement I got from the Michigan team spokesman said, quote, he was still performing team-related duties remotely. I don't exactly know what that means. I haven't been able to get a, a full answer, a clarity. I've been that. doing that for months here at MI. <laughs> right. <laughs> he joins the rest of us. Um, but we do know Michigan's had Sean Larkins, an analyst. He has been he's joined their, their staff as an as a on-field assistant coach. Um, but, yeah, a lot of question marks with, with Bob Shoot. You know, one would – Given this juncture in this period in time, uh, one suggests maybe it's a health-related thing, but we again that we haven't got clarity on that. There's a lot of uncertainty with them, so it's been a weird week. But Michigan's got a football game Saturday. So, what is the concern level for you guys if if those if those aforementioned uh, players who got hurt against Michigan State? Uh, can't go. I mean, again, these weren't like practice injuries that they, they've announced. We we did get to see Michigan on the field a little bit without them. And yeah, you know, just kind of knowing a little bit about the the guys who would replace them. Yeah. What are the thoughts if, you know, worst case scenario, they're not on the field? For me, if I knew beforehand that those players would not be on the field, I would take Indiana to win the football game. Okay. Yeah, I'm leaning. And yet you wouldn't otherwise, maybe. 
I, I think I'm leaning towards Michigan at this okay. point. Yeah. So significant. And a, and a nail biter. Yes. So it, it took, I mean, we, we likely won't know. So yeah. I'll, I'm going to have to make my prediction, not, not, not knowing, but, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. if I didn't know for sure, I, I would probably take Indiana. All right. <laughs> not not having the linebackers, McGrone um, and Barrett, I think would hurt Michigan in the pass rushing game just because we've seen Cam McGrone. He's able to get, he's got good speed. He's a big dude. He's able to get the quarterback and, and affect things. Um, and then Barrett, too, uh, not only the defense, but but special teams. So I, I think it would affect their pass rush. Um, Indiana is going to try and run the football. They, they've shown that in the, the first two weeks with the, with the running back, Stevie Scott. They haven't been necessarily successful doing it so far. Uh, but it's going to hurt Michigan certainly in the pass rush game and even even in, in run in run defense. Uh, you know, teams have done a good job loading the box against Stevie Scott this for these first two weeks. I, I don't know. It's going to it's going to affect Michigan, no doubt about it. I, I'd much rather have Cam McGrone uh, and Michael Barrett starting o- over you know Adam Shibley and Anthony Solomon. I mean, it's just, they they more experienced, the better player sure. how it rolls. Um, Jalen Mayfield, if he were not if he were not to suit up, it certainly would affect the offensive line. As we all know, he's the most experienced guy. Uh, he's their kind of leader up front. And given the, the lack of push and, and some of the protection issues last week against Michigan State, um, I, I would suspect those would obviously reappear Saturday against Indiana. And, and to me, Indiana's defense almost scares me a little bit more uh, than their, their offense at this point. I mean, going into the season, we all thought, all right, Michael Penix is back. Watt Filliard, their top wideout, is back. Stevie Scott's back. But it's really been their defense that's been the most impressive through these first two games. Where they have five sacks, eight quarterback hurries. Um, they're forcing turnovers with five turnovers already. So, I mean, yeah, like you said, if with no Mayfield, then you have to insert a, a Carson Bar- Barnhart in that right tackle. I mean, that with with how much pass rush that Indiana has been able to generate so far this year, that could be that could be worrisome because, yeah, the mission's offensive line did not play well. Uh, no matter what Jim Harbaugh says, they did not play very well against Michigan State last week. So, yeah, I mean, all three of those are key pieces on the team, and and we just do not know at this point. We didn't even get uh, an inkling of what their status might be from Brian Jean Mary on or Brian Jean Marie on uh, on Wednesday. So it, it's going to be a game time decision, and we'll find out just before game time, I'm sure. We'll kind of come back to specific maybe predictions for this game and break down the matchup a little more. But we did talk about, you know, uh, Michigan under Jim Harbaugh, you know, generally bouncing back uh, pr- pretty well, um, you know, after a loss. But still, this loss happened last week. It's not the first disappointing loss in the Jim Harbaugh era. Um, it's another loss, you know, to, to one of the, the two chief rivals. Um and even in this weird season, which I, you know, I've called said it, to, you know, somewhat in, in jest, it's a fake season. The fact, the fact is, he he lost to Michigan State as you know a, a twenty four point favorite. Um, you know, certainly some national folks are, are starting to question whether Jim Harbaugh uh, is long for this Michigan job or is the right person to to have the you know lead lead Michigan. Well, I, I guess kind of just big picture, kind of what what are the thoughts on 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 that Jim Harbaugh as Michigan's head coach. I don't, I don't think my thoughts have changed much. I mean, I, I don't mm-hmm. really have an opinion on the matter, so to speak, but what I can say is this, you know, Jim Harbaugh likes being here. Uh, Michigan has, has shown its, its encouragement and its endorsement of him. Ward uh, Manuel, their athletic director, is on record multiple times now saying that he wants Jim Harbaugh to retire at Michigan. Whether that ends up being the case and true, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's clear that the fan criticism is growing. I don't know if it's a majority at this point, but it's starting to get there. And, and folks are upset, and, and rightfully so. I mean, it, it, at year six, there is no reason why Michigan shouldn't have won that game Saturday against the Spartans. They were a big old, old favorite. 
Michigan State was coming off that that week one loss, the way that in the way they play with the seven turnovers, first year under Mel Tucker. This is an opportunity for Jim Harbaugh to quote unquote assert his foot to the throat of, of this rivalry and, and kind of take dominance over it, and, which had you know had been leaning that way here in the last couple of years, and they just didn't mm-hmm. do it. Whether it was, whether it was lack of you know whether it was lack of preparedness, whether it was skill level, I, I don't know. But they lost that game, and it's a game you shouldn't have lost. Um, and, and like you said, this isn't the first time it's happened to Jim Harbaugh. They've suffered big losses in the past. They're probably going to lose to Ohio State again this year. I think it comes down to what the Michigan administration wants going forward. Do they want a 8, 9, 10 win football team every year like they've been getting under, largely under Jim Harbaugh? Or do they want to go for national championship and, and get in that upper tier, which is going to require some different things here? And they're going to have to recruit probably differently and more aggressively. Um, but also with recruiting comes winning big games, and they just haven't been able to do that. And until they start doing that on a more regular basis, I think Michigan's kind of stuck in this this position. Yeah, I mean, you, you, the recruiting aspect, I, I wrote about this a little bit uh, today in my recruiting column, but one loss typically doesn't have a, a real seismic effect on recruiting. But in this case, I mean, a lot of people are calling this the worst loss of Jim Harbaugh's tenure at Michigan. And when it's against your in-state rival, things are starting to shift a little bit. I mean, Rayshon Benny, a four-star defensive tackle out, out of uh, Oak Park, he was every he, everyone had him crystal ball to Michigan a couple weeks ago when he was scheduled to, to announce his commitment. He decided to push it back, uh, and he'll now announce on Monday. And now all the crystal balls are in favor of Michigan State. So I mean, if you you want to, I mean, Michigan had a chance to bury MSU in in um, in the recruiting landscape with with a big win on Saturday. Instead, Spartans pull off a shocking upset, and now you might start to see this, these in-state prospects take notice. I mean, even Andrew Anthony, three-star receiver from from East Lansing. I mean, he's even uh, he's more on the fence now that that Michigan State lost. I mean, he was projected to go to uh, MSU early, and he kind of made a, a quick decision and and decided to to choose Michigan instead. And I mean, MSU still recruiting them hard, so. Uh, and even in the 2022 class, there's a lot of talent in Michigan, um, and and Mel Tucker just picked up a lot of momentum on the recruiting trail moving forward. And and like I said, it's it's Michigan can can right the ship here, and and if they beat Indiana this week and beat Wisconsin and pick up a few more notable wins this year, uh, at least for their current commits, they should be able to show enough to to maintain this current 2021 class. But they lose Saturday and lose a couple more games that they shouldn't shouldn't lose this year. I mean, a lot. Some of these prospects haven't even visited Ann Arbor yet, so it's something. It, it could get a little bit dicey for for Michigan recruiting because, like, um, we don't know what Jim Harbaugh's future is past uh, past next season. So he's the only right. Power Five coach, or with fewer than two years left on his deal. So I mean, re- recruits pay attention to that stuff. So we're, yeah. We'll, yeah. Oh. All great points. Um, I think, you know, it used to be a, a question people, a lot of people asked who were, you know, against Harbaugh, you know, who, who were against Harbaugh getting fired or maybe more just indifferent would say, well, who else better are you going to get? You know, who else is out there? You get, he, he's had, he had success, you know, pretty much everywhere he went before he came to Michigan, you know, his last stop at the college level was, you know, just revitalizing a program and, and, and taking them to major bowls. He's an alum, you know, he's a star player at Michigan. He knows the culture, he knows the traditions, all so on and so forth. I don't think that's really the right the right question anymore. I, I think you should have some sort of plan in, in, in place, you have some idea of what direction you're you're gonna at least pursue before you, you know, 
make that decision to, to get rid of him. But I don't think you just say, ah, who's going to be better? You know, who's out there better? Yeah, on paper, maybe maybe there there wasn't, you know, six years ago. But, you know, now it, it might be just a little different. You've seen the data of what he's done over this time. And, you know, there's there's at least reason to to believe that maybe someone could do the job better. Uh, you know, even if it's not uh, as big of a name, um, you know, there are, you know, assistant coaches out there or, um, you know, head coaches at, Smaller schools that, that maybe could Luke again. Fickle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm you know for or against the move. It is a tough. It would be a tough decision. But I'm just saying there's. Uh, I don't think that's the right question to just to say. Well, there's no one. There's no one better. So you have to stick with with what you got. Um, and we keep throwing yeah. around the, the idea of get, getting rid of him. And I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily think that is how this thing would end up. You mentioned no. the contract situation, Zook. He's got about 14 months left on his deal. Like you mentioned earlier. Andrew, this is more of a mulligan season, I think, than anything. Whereas you uh-huh. know, I think he could afford to go maybe four and four. And while he, yes, would face criticism and everything else, I think that, that given everything that's gone on, the departures and the changed seasons and everything that's happened, I, I do think they, Michigan would let him ride out that last year. Um, but then then I think if the Michigan were to decide to sever ties with Jim, it's let him ride out his contract and let him go as opposed to outright firing him. And on Jim's side, I, I do think if you if you were to decide that hey this isn't for me anymore I do want to go try somewhere else I, I think Michigan would let him do that he would walk away as opposed to quote unquote being fired I just I think there's too much pride here on both sides to, to do something of that of that nature I think it would require a total collapse of this football program whether it's you know two and six this year and then a, a pad start next year and then maybe some offseason issues for that to, to occur. But at this point, I think there's too much stability. And, and that's one of the things I think Jim Harbaugh deserves credit for um, at Michigan. There hasn't been too many off the field issues under his tenure. They've, they've, you know, they've been fine. They're, they're great standing with the NCAA. There's very few issues. He has a lot of guys. He's has had a lot of guys transfer in and out. He has a lot of coaching changes from a outward PR perspective, program perspective. I think Michigan is still regarded as a destination place, whether you're a recruit, transfer, a coach. And he does deserve some credit for that. Yeah, okay. So that kind of brings us into, uh, you know, this back to this week's game. Um, it has been a long time since Michigan has lost to Indiana. Uh, Michigan has won 24 straight games. 1987 is the last time they lost. I, think, I hope I have both those numbers right. Um, yeah, I, I, for me, that absolutely factors into my decision of who I'm going to think is going to win this game, which you can say it doesn't really matter. Do any of those results affect what's going to happen this year? No, is the, is the quick answer. But at the same time, no one on this Michigan roster has lost to Indiana. I think, that, I think that helps to a certain extent. You know, you have that confidence going in. Um, and I think just Indiana, if it, you know, as it was kind of mentioned earlier, you know, there, there are two results thus far. Uh, I'm not saying it was a fluke win over Penn State by any means, but, you know, they, they were outgained by a significant amount, more than more than double as far as yardage by by Penn State. And then against Rutgers, uh, again, not a not a great offensive performance by any means by Indiana. You know, and there was a Rutgers team that, again, we're not ready to write them back into the national picture after, you know, a 1-0 and start. So, I don't know. I just have a little trouble believing that Indiana is actually the, you know, what is it? 13, they're ranked, you know, 13th best team uh, in the country right now, but yeah. And, and sure enough, Michigan is a, a, you know, small favorite last time I checked. So um, yeah, I do think, I do think Michigan does bounce back and, and win this game understood that, you know, some of the key players, uh, you know, they're, they're questionable right now, which, which makes it tough, but you know, I do, I do think Michigan will bounce back and get the win this week. 
it almost seems like every year we do this, we talk about this this record against Indiana, and we talk about whether uh-huh. whether it's going to end, whether Michigan, you know, whether it matters. And it, and it almost seems like Michigan comes in and, and takes care of business every year. I mean, there have been some close games. It was a seven-point game in 2017. Very close games. Seven-point game in 2017. That, that Michigan team wasn't very good. Maybe maybe that's the case this year again. It was a 10-point game in 2016. But last or two years ago, they won by 11. Last year, they won by 25. It almost seems like Jim Harbaugh has this Michigan football team prepared for this Indiana team every year. Jim really respects the job Tom Allen has done at Indiana. They they're almost kind of cut from the same cloth. They're both they were you know originally power offensive guys. Um, they, they play defense, uh, so he he respects the job he, he, that Tom Allen or Tom Allen has done, and he, he makes sure his team is prepared for them. And I think that's going to be the case on Saturday, regardless of the injuries, regard, regardless of the loss on Saturday. In adding fuel to the fire, obviously Indiana is a much improved football team than what it was several you know a few years back. They went eight and five last year. They're returning a lot of key guys on both sides of the ball. I uh, got some talented playmakers. Again, they're, they're coming off that week one win over Penn State in overtime, two and zero ranked everything else. So there's a lot riding on this game. Jim Harbaugh realizes that I think, and as I mentioned, that that you know they're always they always bounce back. They always seem to bounce back from regular season losses, and I I, I presume that will be the case on Saturday. Zook, what are your thoughts? You already you already said you you like you like Michigan, I guess, in a in a close one. But uh, yes, I, I do have them eking out a one point victory on Saturday. Oh. Are we giving scores? Is that what we want to do here? Nah, you don't need to give your exact score. I mean, those will I mean, be up on M Live on Friday. I would say I think it'll be a one possession game. Uh, I don't know if it'll be that close. Where it's what would you say? One point, two, two points. I, I think one, it'll one point. Yeah. I think it maybe be a field goal to a touchdown. I fi- I would find it unthinkable that Michigan comes in and gets routed in any case in this game or loses big time. What like, like plays like they did Saturday against Michigan State. Um, I think they'll be better prepared. I, I, I do think they'll come to play. I, I think Michigan does squeak it out. Uh, I don't think this Indiana team is is maybe perhaps as good as their ranking shows. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong; they're a good team. I, th- I think they'll be competitive, obviously, in the East. Um, but I, I do think Michigan squeezes out by probably a, one score. Yeah, I'm tempted to put Michigan. That that can lead us into our Big Ten lock of the week. We've been doing it, uh, you know, the last couple, you know, since the season started here. Uh, Gave nothing but winners last week uh, among the three of us. Um, let's try to do it again. I'm tempted to put Michigan there, actually. And I actually I really like Minnesota as well. But I will take Northwestern again. Took them last week, too. Um, I will take them this week. They are uh, at home against Nebraska. And the line that we were given for our picks this week was three and a half. I admittedly did not check if that has moved a significant amount. I hope not. But um, for our listeners' sake, but I got Northwestern giving three and a half to Nebraska. I know Nebraska's coming off essentially a a, a bye week because uh, they didn't play last week. Uh, the game against Wisconsin was canceled, but doesn't matter to me. I, I like Northwestern, um, you know, as my bounce back team overall for this season. And uh, yeah, I think they're a lot better than Nebraska. Northwestern lock of the week. I went with I think I went with Nebraska in the points there. I'm not taking them as a Ooh. lock. I'm not taking sure. them as a lock. But All right, that's I, fine. I think I went, I think I went with Nebraska in the points. So I think Northwestern's good. I think it'll probably be close, um, but I, I'm curious to see how they handle Nebraska's Nebraska's offense. Hey, that's all right. That's my lock. It's not yours. Yeah, you, that's fair. What do you got? I am going with. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the Spartan train. I'm taking Michigan State plus seven. <laughs> okay. On the road at Iowa. Iowa is zero two. They've lost. Now they have lost their last two, their first two games by a combined five points against the Purdue and Northwestern, both two and zero teams. Um, but when you factor in that Michigan State only lost by 11 
to Rutgers with seven turnovers and had those turnovers had they had like not two like they had two or three fewer turnovers that would have won that football game. They they came out did not turn the ball over against Michigan. You saw how well they could play. Um, they were pretty good defensively. They were able to move the football. Iowa, like I said, zero and two. They had all those issues with you know with Kirk Ferentz in the offseason. It, it seemed like this Hawkeyes team just isn't together. They're they're zero and two. They're coming off another loss. I'm going with Michigan State plus seven. Lock it up. All right. Well, we looks like we have three different ones this week. I. I'm going with the Minnesota Golden Gophers nice. minus seven at Illinois, the 0-2 Minnesota Golden Gophers who, yeah, I mean, don't, didn't really expect, uh, I mean, Michigan-Minnesota game was supposed to be close, but for them to lose against Maryland week two was kind of a surprise, but they're going to a, an Illinois team that is kind of the shorthanded with, with COVID. And uh, I don't think PJ, I think, I don't think PJ Flexer in a, go 0 and 3 to start the season. I think Minnesota's offense is finally going to get on track and their defense should be able to figure out a few things and not give up 40 plus points uh, again. So, uh lock it in for for Minnesota minus 7 at Illinois and if well, I think we should inform our readers that one of us did go 5 0 and 1 last week. I was uh, I won't I say getting, who. I was getting but. to it. I was getting to it. I think they all know who it was now. Ryan's <laughs> with a with a great week last week. You know, pushed pushed the seven the game uh, Purdue Illinois seven point uh, spread there. Um, but but yeah, absolutely great performance. Um, this week is interesting because you know I've talked about when all six of us, the three of us, uh, two Michigan State writers, another general college football writer on MLive.com, making our picks. When we're all on one side, that's probably trouble. It was in the in the first week um, with Illinois, I remember, but um, uh, last week it wasn't. We all had all had Indiana, and they covered. This week there are actually, I believe, uh, two such games. Uh, the one uh, your lock, Duke, uh, Minnesota. All, all six of us were on that side, um, and your lock, uh, Aaron, Michigan State. All six of us were were on that side. So I don't know. Again, after last week, maybe that's not a not a terrible thing. But uh, I still I still caution when that's the case. Um, and Aaron, you you were the only one who uh, took Nebraska. I see. Just quick glance here. I'm the only one who took Ohio State laying big points against Rutgers. So um, seems like a week where we could have some changes in the standings. Zook, I think you and I are on top top tied overall for uh yeah all the games but you know again it's hard to pick all of them you just got to focus on the locks so that's what we're giving you here this week um and yeah we'll check back last next week to see how we did so uh yeah thank you for listening to this episode of wolverine confidential podcast mm-hmm.